This is the uh, next episode of 10 Questions. Yeah, I'm Thinker, and on the other end with me, I've got Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Hey there. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, and it's, it's funny, Kathleen and I were just in a, a little bit of a conversation about what it is that she does, and it's like, wait a minute, I hadn't hit record yet. I hope she wasn't, uh, hope she wasn't spending uh the official answer right there with me because I'd have to make her say it again. <laughs> um, but but no, uh, you know, for everybody listening, I was uh, talking to her about the fact that I was you know looking and making sure I making sure I saw what it was that uh, that Kathleen does and uh, and uh, she does marketing and outreach work. A lot of you in the uh, besides community may be familiar with her at some level. Um, but, uh, it, it, but Kathleen, I, I, I liked your explanation about the company that you worked with, that, that you work with. Um, and if you don't mind going ahead and uh, going, going back over that again. Happy to. It's interesting because a lot of people do sort of wonder what I do um, because I am out in the community a lot. I've been in marketing for several decades, but one thing that I've always enjoyed doing is developing strategies based on niche marketing. So I actually work for a company that is a job board. Job boards are the number two way that employers find candidates. So whenever there's a study done about going out and asking employers how they find their next candidate, Number one is always going to be referrals, but number two is going to be job boards. And job boards are everything from our job board, which is clearjobs.net and cybersecjobs.com. It's Monster, it's Indeed, it's LinkedIn, it's GitHub, it's areas where people post their profiles. But what is interesting is that many job seekers that I see in the community don't include a job board or three or four in their overall toolkit when they're finding a job. So what I do as far as the company is concerned is I just get out into the community and try to find out more about what are the challenges that job seekers have and what are the challenges that employers have and do then the research and strategizing on how I can recommend to job seekers how to find a job or how I can recommend to employers how to find a job. And that's actually one of the reasons why I've been doing surveys for the last two years is sort of asking people, you know, what are the challenging things that you're finding? Uh, what do you do when you're trying to find a new job? And it's interesting how we spend a lot of time getting our certs. We spend a lot of time figuring out how to do pen testing or vulnerability testing. But when it comes to trying to find a job or growing in our career, we'd much rather find, you know, watch Witcher than be able to write on our resume or improve our LinkedIn profile. So my job is to get out into the community, become a resource and also become an advisor. And it's been a great run for over almost 20 years now. Okay. Okay. Um, pr probably one of my uh, uh, bigger questions I'd have for you is uh, one that I've asked people that I find um, in, is somehow connected to the, the information security community that may not necessarily be an information security professional is um, what, what, what is it about um, about uh, InfoSec people that has uh, th that's kept you engaged, has kept, kept you, uh, you know, making sure to stay connected with that community? What's interesting is that I'm an introvert. And, you know, when you see someone who's marketing and someone who speaks a lot and looks like they're out all over the community, more often than not, they will be an introvert. And it takes, it took a lot of energy in the first three or four years for me to go to any of the conferences and stand in the corner and try to listen. But I have never been more welcomed in a community other than the military spouse community. I've never been more welcomed in a community as I've been in InfoSec. 
Um, I have had conversations. I've, I have great friendships. I have people who I've flown across country to help and they've done that to me. So people watch your back in this community. Uh, they're very creative. I have so many creative outlets that when I try to talk to other recruiters or other marketing professionals, it's creativity for the buck rather than creativity for the pure enjoyment of having fun and creating ideas together. So I think it's the, the human element that has kept me involved. And I've learned some things along the way. So that's what's been nice is that uh, the osmosis of what I need to learn has been um, wonderful. It's really sort of helped me out of some situations. And I've always been a, a curious individual and have always had a sort of social engineering sense. And it was so nice to find a place where social engineering really made sense. Uh, I, you know, there will be times when, you know, the old adage from some of the old mafia movies, you know, you sit with your back to the wall so that you can see who's coming in. I've done that since I was like 10 years old. I was like, I'm always keeping aware. Uh, so I think it's been the human element. It's the creativity. It's the passion. And, you know, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm a I'm very much misunderstood. So having other people that are misunderstood as well and we commiserate, I have some great friendships and I don't care if I'm, you know, retiring or anything like that in 20 years, I'm still going to be part of the community. Very long answer. Oh, no, that's that's a wonderful answer. Uh... I, I, I say I relate to a lot of the things that you were saying, um, you know, cause I, I've, I've been another one of those misunderstood people <laughs> for <laughs> plenty of my life. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, and uh, just as I've been, as I've been uh, making connections with people, it's been one of those things like, where have you been my entire life? <laughs> You know, I, you know, to, you know, it's 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 wonderful to find people that 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 it's just that innate. Oh, this is an awesome person. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so um, given given the fact that you've been involved in this community for several years now, there's got to be at least one story that you that you'd be willing enough to share and that it's okay for whoever else is involved in a story to share that um might make you cringe might make you giggle um so certainly have at least one story like that so you mean something that would be embarrassing to me or something that people wouldn't have guessed or something that uh it's just something that may just be an odd occurrence that has happened. Um, you know, maybe it's something that ha- something that happened with another person that, like you know, like I said you've, you're, that it's that you know it's okay to tell that story on them, or if you're telling a story on yourself, or um, you know, just just anything that stands out from the last few years. So, um, I've been. I was recruited to, I wasn't recruited. I, so when I was doing my first Intel gathering on the community, I used Twitter and, you know, it's amazing to me when I talk to people who want to get into the community and they don't even know what Twitter is, or they don't even want to be on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, you have to be on that. Um, it's just no way around it. So uh, I went to my first B-Sides. I went to the the Big Daddy. I went to B-Sides Las Vegas, and I went as a blogger. And uh, another story to tell at another time, uh, about six months later, uh, Higher Ground, or what was called something else, got dropped in my lap. And I was like, oh, Okay, so now I'm running a village inside of this very large con that I don't know 
anything about the CPF platform. I don't know anything about volunteer platform. I don't even know any of the deadlines. I'm over in my corner doing nothing. And I, you know, I'm getting all of these messages like you missed this, you missed that. And I was like, oh God, I am just messing up right, left and center. And I'm a perfectionist. So, I mean, I was so fucked up on all of this. We can't swear on this, right? So, yeah. So I was so nervous and having migraines all over the place. And about two nights before I was to leave for Vegas, I had a meal that ended up giving me vertigo. So not hangover, vertigo, like really, really bad uh, vertigo. And I had no idea what, so I couldn't. I got on the plane with vertigo. I had someone from my staff literally just have to hold me and put me on the plane. And I got off in McCarran and I still have vertigo. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to run a village with no one that I know. No one. I've only seen these people's avatars. I didn't even, I wasn't even on Slack. I just, you know, was doing um, Google Drive maybe. And someone sent a message to me and said is there anything i can help with and i was like oh my god someone must have heard my crying in the bathroom that i needed help and i joked and i said i need a really big shot of tequila like now and so i showed up you know day three of vertigo and i'm setting up for the village And this person I had never met walked in and just brought me the most beautiful bottle of tequila I had ever seen. And don't, you know, try this home and kids, check this home and kid, uh, try this at home. Um, I took three shots of tequila and my vertigo went away. Wow. And so it was fortunately the year that most of the vendors were doing little shot glasses that glue in the dark, glowed in the dark. And, you know, my boss was there with me and he said, you did eight shots of tequila and it's the only way you stood and got that whole thing done. So um, I I found out later that I have an allergy to certain pork products that caused caused the vertigo because I had a Cubano sandwich about a month later and had the same thing happened. But then that just sort of started this tradition of people drinking tequila with me at um, higher ground. And it's now sort of a fun thing. I don't drink eight shots of tequila in a day because I do try to get through the entire thing. So fast forward, there's usually somebody who brings me an absolutely beautiful bottle of tequila at higher ground. It doesn't matter who it is. They bring it. And I have the glow in the dark skull shot glasses. And what's pretty cool is now many of the exhibitors and vendors inside higher ground know that they can come do shots. So some of them are really big government contractors, not going to name any names, but you know, it's, it's part of the community now. Um, Fortunately, I don't get vertigo anymore. Knock on wood. And I do drink tequila, but not as much as I did before. So I don't know if that's the kind of story you're looking for, but oh, that's, no, that's the one that that's came a to good, mind. That that that's a good story. I I, I like that. I I I, uh, I, I definitely uh, feel the pain on the vertigo. I, uh, I I had problems with it as a kid, and uh, I remember the family went to uh, Carlsbad Caverns once, mm. and one of the one of those rooms. How oh, I have to go back and look. I. I Part of me wants to say they called it the Devil Staircase or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember if that's right or not. But it, it was such a significant drop that is that uh, I, I was having trouble with vertigo while I was, you know, while I was in that room. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's no fun. Vertigo is mm-hmm. no fun at all. <laughs> can I, can I tell another story? Sure, sure. So Higher Ground, um, it had another name before uh, I coined the term Higher Ground because we needed to, as a team at B-Size Las Vegas, find the Higher Ground and you know play on words there. Everyone liked it. So this was two years ago. And I noticed that there was this young gentleman who 
obviously was very nervous and he came to absolutely every single session of higher ground and you know typical young man um looking lost uh not really quite sure what he was doing but he was in absolutely every session he met with every single resume reviewer met with every single career mentor and i finally went up to him and i said you know i'm sorry because you know he had purple hair and he was six six and had the tats and everything and i just sort of like I'm, you know, I, I really want to know, I really appreciate you being here because there's nothing like having a village and not having somebody come. And I said, can you quite tell me why you've come to every single session? And he said, well, I came last year, but I came to the absolutely last session, which was a recruiter panel at Higher Ground. And it was my first time at DEF CON and my first time in Vegas and I'm getting my degree at San Francisco State. And I realized that I should have been here the entire time. So this year when I came back to Las Vegas, I made sure that I did not leave higher ground. I made sure that I was here for every single session. And I started crying just like, tears and Jack Daniel saw me and he was like, okay, now you see what the B-Sides is all about. You make a difference in somebody's life. And fortunately, one of the B-Sides uh, staff members was in the room and they happened to be a senior person at a very large financial institution in San Francisco. And I introduced the two of them and I think they had a great conversation after that. So that's the other thing i love about this community is i have so many stories of i people in addition to seeing tequila me drinking tequila people see me crying you know it's just like i i'm making a difference in people's lives and i'm not making a difference in getting a commission check i'm doing my job yeah and you know helping people no matter no matter what you do and if you're doing something that's helping people it's just it, it, it's it, it's always so rewarding so rewarding mm -hmm. so I, I i i totally i, I totally get that um okay diving away a little bit um okay. what is your favorite midnight snack <sighs> hot milk hot milk Hot milk with nutmeg. Wow. I'm not a late night snacker. Um, I get up at 4, 4.30, so I'm usually in bed by 9, which makes conference calls for cons just an absolute pain because I'm up late and I have a, an electrosensitivity, so I absorb electricity from computers and cell phones and such and i have to discharge at night so i try not to be on the computer um past seven o'clock and okay. so i don't eat <laughs> at night okay well it, and it, I, my, my reaction is uh because uh, honestly you're the first person that i you know I've, I've always i've always heard the whole warm milk or hot milk thing you're, you're honestly the first person i've run into that has that has said that that's something that they enjoy. Oh, I love it. And I, I drink raw milk, so um, I don't drink white water. I drink raw milk. <laughs> yeah, whenever, uh, whenever I got married, uh, my, my, my wife um, drank 1%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I grew up with 2%. So a little bit more milk than water, but still the difference. And I was like, okay, this is weird water. This isn't milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, we haven't had 1% in the house past oh, the first six months. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. Some of the lower, some of the lower milks, unless, unless that's what you grew up with. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, uh, being, is, be, being that uh, 
you are from an a area that is still technically the South. Yes. Um, yep. I, this, this next question is food related is question of interest. Mm-hmm. Are you a cream gravy person or a brown gravy person? I'm a brown gravy person. Really? Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any style of brown gravy in particular or just, it's just uh, gotta be dark. It's just gotta be dark. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I remember the, so I moved here. I'm a Californian born and raised, but I left Santa Barbara right after college. And my first job was with a very large corporate business insurance firm. And I went to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and they gave me biscuits and gravy. And I saw that white gravy and I just went, no, 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 you can't make me do that. So so far, every time I have asked this of people, if there's been a, that there's been a very distinct division based on where somebody grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Except, except for me, I, 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 I grew up in the South, but I am not a white gravy person. I am not. <laughs> um, I, even anytime I go order a chicken fried steak, I, I will always ask, do you have brown gravy we could put on here? <laughs> now you do realize that you know all of the Washington D.C. areas below the Macon Macon Dixon Dixon uh, Mason Dixon line yeah Mason Dixon line yeah <laughs> yeah yes. whenever I would drive north um, I go up and visit friends in Maine in the summer the only time to go up to Maine and I would always pass that and I was like oh so I am in the South okay I get it. <laughs> I yeah, I, uh, I, I, I uh, lived in Arizona <laughs> for a little while, and um, oh, poor you. It, it, I, I, I actually, I actually was kind of fond of it. But I, m- mm-hmm. m- most people do do have the reaction you did. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, every time that we would uh, that we would make a trek back uh, back into uh, Texas to visit family. Um, I always like to always like to make the joke whenever we would cross over uh, the Rio Grande in New Mexico. Say, "Hey, we're entering the Republic again," because <laughs> that that was the border of Texas at one point. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I like some of these old school borders. They always make for a fun conversation pieces, especially for. Unsuspecting people that uh, that uh, aren't read up on some of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, all right. Here's another one. Most everybody has an opinion on Star Trek or Star Wars. Star Trek. What, is, what about Star Trek makes you like it better? Well, it's a nostalgic. So um, I'm a little bit older than you. So I grew up with Star Trek one. I grew mm-hmm. up with, you know, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. And I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, you know, they were all there. Yeah. Um, it was basically the only television I was allowed to watch. Um, and I really, I didn't mind the campy, um, special effects they i was enthralled by them and i they were my people they were my family um i grew up like many people did in a a home of alcoholics and and divorces and things so you know dinner hour was right after star trek so it was sort of my you know my family bonding moment years later um i was at a christmas get together my sisters and my mom got together we had not had many shall we say peaceful calm christmases and we were all looking at the mo- at the uh, movie section in the newspaper that thing that we used to look up movie times on and 
we were all looking at the movie times and we couldn't find a movie that we all liked. And what was fascinating is it was when Star Trek V had just come out, the one with the whales. Mm-hmm. And no one wanted to admit that they were a Star Trek fan. And lo and behold, it was one of those holiday moments where I realized I wasn't the only one in my family that liked Star Trek. It happened to be something that my sisters also, as since they were, you know, they are six and nine years younger than me, and my mom, we all had some way of bonding with Star Trek. And so uh, every time I watch it, I haven't watched any of the new. I went through, you know, Deep Sleep Nine and, you know, Next Generation. Uh, I, I can tell you the difference between Next Generation 1 and Next Generation 2 because we all know that there's the difference between Deanna Troy's hair and, you know, when, she, when it went up and when it went down. Um, you know, we know when... Data had better makeup in the second next generation versus the first one. Um, so yeah, I definitely a Star Trek, even though for Star Wars, uh, I was in high school when the first came out and I was uh, dating somebody in a band and another band member's girlfriend was a, a symphony cellist. And she actually wanted to take me to Star Wars because of the music score. I had absolutely no clue what the background was. And so for those of you who are in California, you know where the Winchester Mystery House is. And right next to the Winchester Mystery House was Century Century 21, 22, and 23. It was the first time I had ever stood in line for anything. And so it was an eye-opening experience. But yes, I can talk about Star Trek. It has a, a family connection for me. Um, I didn't like what happened to uh, Shatner afterwards, but uh, I do like how he's you know remade himself at least six different times. Um, and I think for me, another thing that was a highlight for Star Trek growing up in San Francisco is that uh, I went to the San Francisco Symphony production of Peter and the Wolf and Leonard Nimoy read while the San Francisco Symphony played the music for Peter and the Wolf. And I just sat there and enthralled that I was in the exact same building with uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, I do have a uh, do have a crush on Patrick Stewart. I will not let my husband, you know, shave his head. But uh, I was in uh, Cow Hollow Union Street area of San Francisco. Oh, way back in early '90s, and lo and behold, Patrick Stewart walked into a store, and I just turned around and just my jaw dropped. I was so flabbergasted that I was meeting him or that he was in like within 20 feet of me. And so I got up the nerve and I walked over to him and I said, I am one of your biggest fans. Thank you for doing the work you did. And his girlfriend came in and said, you're not his biggest fan. I am. I'm like, (laughs) sorry. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, I've I've had the wonderful experience of running into a few celebrities, and I just go up and thank them for the work, and I don't ask for autographs. But that one, I was just extremely starstruck. So, so a, a little story with Patrick Stewart that I, I I don't know for sure how many people are aware of this, but did you know that he originally took that role thinking that it wouldn't get past one season of that show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and do you know that he sings country Western songs? I did not know that. Yes. He has um, a whole series of, my God, I think it's out of um, the UK and it was a fundraiser he did, but it's it, this whole record series of him in chaps 
singing country western songs as a fundraiser. I think it's for the Humane Society or something. I it's it just kills me. I can't watch it. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's much better than William Shatner's musical career. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, are you keeping, so are, are you keeping tally be, between Star Trek versus Star Wars? Honestly, I have not been keeping tally, but I do. I, I do know that I've heard Star Wars enough to say that Star Trek has been in the minority. I, I, I can safely say Star Trek has been a minority answer. Um, underdog, underdog. Yeah, I, 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 this is all starting to run together in my head now, but I, I want to say that. Uh, I got the question turned back on me at one point uh, during uh, one recording session, and I, and my take on it was, I can't compare the two. I can't claim one over the other. To me, it's apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have to think of all of the storylines that you have with Star Trek and all of the social norms that they challenged, mm -hmm. you know, in the in the sixties. And, you know, we've analyzed that to death now, but it was really fascinating to have that challenge, you know, when I grew up. Um, and then even after that, some of the storylines have some really deep issues. Now, of course, Star Wars has got their, you know, your hero and your journey and your adventure and your evolution and all of that. But it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera, but, you know, it's, it's the you know Iliad all over again. Um, we have to have some kind of journey, but at the end of the day, when you think about challenging um, the way we think about things and the way we have relationships, and and do we have diversity? Do we um, challenge people because they're of a different social strata, or they have different race, or they have different technical abilities? those things are constantly coming up and i you know i i think we generations learned a lot by you know it's sesame street for adults there you go yeah i, I had a uh, very uh, very similar answer from waterfall he, uh -huh. he was one of the ones that did say that he uh liked star trek uh more than star wars and it is it is very along the same lines of what you uh what you were just saying. So I, I can totally see that. Sesame Street for adults. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Moving, moving on to, let's go with this one. You've been elected president. What, what uh, people would serve as your vice president, your secretary of state, and your Secretary of Defense. Hmm. Am I supposed to name specific people or if I'm supposed to name types of people? Oh, specific people, if you have anybody in mind. Um, hmm. So I rarely talk politics. Um, oh, no, 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 no politics. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. I, I was actually raised in a household where we all were allowed to have our own political thought, but we did not share it because we did not, you know, anyway. Um, so vice president, mm, I'm going to fail at this one because I. Well, let, let, let's, last time I asked this question. Um, whenever it came to the vice president, the one big thing that I pointed out is this per this person's one uh, one heartbeat away from taking over for you. So who would you who would you trust to take over for you? Well, I already have two seconds in command here um, at my company, and they're people that I trust implicitly, mainly because. They call me on my bluffs and they call me on my bullshit. And when I'm overextending myself, they're 
people that I can trust to give me a straight answer. So I don't have yes people around me. I have people who challenge me. So my vice president would always be someone who challenged me. Um, I'm not an authoritarian, so I don't say, or excuse me, a, dicta a dictator. So <laughs> I, I, I think I can say in maybe two or three times in my uh, professional career at this job that I've said, well, we're doing it my way because I'm the boss. Um, I'm very much of a, a team sort of decision maker. Now the challenge is, is that when I go and do other things, my way is the right way only because I've been doing it longer. Uh, as far as Department of State, I do believe in diplomacy. So I, I do like the Madeleine Albright model. Um, I would definitely have someone with a very long diplomatic career. As far as Department of Defense, would have to be a Marine, but that's because I'm married to a Marine. Um, mm -hmm. I believe in their loyalty and integrity, and that's not saying anything about any of the other branches of the military. I just have had more experience with Marines. Um, and is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's, okay. that's the three I asked about. Okay. Um, getting over a cold my no my nose keeps dripping <laughs> oh i understand i understand i think it's that season for most everybody well out here in california i'm either getting a cold or i'm allergic to the pine that's out here so it's i have a big pine tree outside my apartment and i'm like i can't sleep with my window open because i wake up with this just you know horrific nasal yeah d d down around austin right now it's cedar season Everybody bemoans cedar season around there because it's just horrible for everybody's now, allergies. Are those the trees that sort of explode yellow? You know, it's been it's been a long time since I've spent any sustained time in Central Texas, so I honestly couldn't tell you. Because I was getting over a cold last year when I drove back from San Francisco to Virginia. And we drove through Texas and I presented at Besides Texas. Mm -hmm. And so I was just getting over the cold that I would have these horrific, I mean, horrific coughing attacks. And as we got into southern, uh, the southern states, you know, we had all that rain last year and everything was in bloom. And then I got to Austin and it just compounded. So it was the first time I had ever presented and I actually had to stop presenting because I had at least three or four horrific coughing attacks. I couldn't continue, oh. but it actually taught me something about my presentation style, which is people sit in the back of the room and I try to project so much so that they can hear me that I was going hoarse. And so I had to learn how to control my speech so that I was not overextending it because that's what I was doing. I was overextending and I couldn't breathe. Okay. Yeah, you, you asking about the, uh, about the uh, pollen and everything, um, I, uh, it, it, it makes me think about uh, some time I spent in Georgia and you know, pollen is bad whenever they do uh, pollen counts on the weather forecast every day. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing some pollen counts that were like over 6,000 parts per cubic meter. Uh, you know, those, those would be days that you wake up and your car has this nice dusting of yellow on it. But then there was a, there was a tropical system that moved through and uh, cut up uh, what, what I like to call the armpit of Florida. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, so then uh, crossed over back out to the Atlantic and went went right over uh, Savannah where I was at the time, and um, it dropped to zero on that count for nearly six weeks. Yeah. The rain just knocked the rain knocked everything out. So yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's that's my experience with uh, yellow coatings and pollen. <laughs> 
Um, okay, we're up to question eight. Um, I think this would be a good time to pull out the trusty gun. list of phobias. To Pilates this morning, my back is killing me. Oh. Okay, so so the rules on the phobia question. Oh, phobia question. Phobia. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you three of them, and you can only use what knowledge is in your head to make a make a informed or lack thereof decision of if you had to have one of those phobias, which one would be the best phobia to have? <laughs> okay. And then, and then after you make your choice, then uh, I'll, I'll go back and uh, fill in on what those phobias are. Okay. All right. So the first one is going to be semhanophobia. Okay. The second one is going to be verminophobia. And the third one is going to be ombrophobia. So I don't get told what they are. I just have to pick which one I want. What is yeah? You know, some some people have uh, have known their uh, their Latin or Greek uh, enough to uh, know a little bit of what I threw out at them. Some people have had no clue and. It's fine. Just I have no whichever. clue. I have no clue what any one of those are, and I have a degree in biochemistry, and I still don't know what those are. Okay. I I would assume vernophobia is vermin, but that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, Probably... that, that that was pretty close. Vermenophobia um, is fear of germs. Oh, I do have that, but I have more fear of insects. Okay. Um, ombrophobia, that last one I gave you, mm -hmm. is fear of rain. Oh, I love rain. No. <laughs> no, 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 I love rain. Simhanophobia mm -hmm. is fear of Halloween. I love Halloween. It's my best. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. I I've already got the next three Halloween's planned, so oh, definitely really? not. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Any, 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 any plans that you can spill? So Halloween has become um, a big deal for my husband and I, and mainly because all of the other holidays have so much guilt associated, especially, you know, anyone who knows about growing up in a divorced household and you have to figure out by February where you're spending Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, so I have a big front yard and I have a big backyard. And while I've not been blessed with children, uh, I'm in a neighborhood that, you know, many, many kids. So I love creating, I have haunted houses. I have 20 foot ghosts i have scary noises and then i always have adult treats so what's interesting is we may not see people at our house for you know 364 days of the year on halloween at 5:45, i have a line in front of my house and there are all the dads knowing that they can get their beer and moms knowing they can get their wine at our house <laughs> And the kids are always saying, we don't know why, but mommy and daddy always want to come here first. And then they will go around and sometimes they'll come back for a second round. So this has been going on. I've lived in this house, my only, my only home I've ever had um, for over 20 years. And I've been doing this for about 18 and what's interesting is there's been changes in the neighborhood um people who grew up you know and became adults it was really weird this last time um 
there's always an after party so everyone you know takes the kids home and then the parents always come back and so we're usually standing in the in the front yard until midnight at least uh, the sheriffs usually go by at, at 6 15 and everyone hides their their open container even though we are on private property um, and so this last year there was about five dads who were having the after party and they were like, we remember coming here, trick or treating and our parents were coming and partying at your house. <laughs> I said, I know, I, you don't know how weird it is. Me seeing you, knowing that you had at one time had been 12 years old <laughs> and now you're much older and you're drinking at my house so yeah it was it was definitely a, a very misty you know moment of, of seeing all these little guys who were now big guys but um there is a puppeteer in my uh, community and he decorates the front of his house with all kinds of 3d you know uh things. I don't know what mm -hmm. to call them. They're not all puppets, but some yeah. of them are a haunted house and a big this, that, and the other. And um, he also does the same thing for Christmas. And so um, like any starving artist, he uh, needs a little extra income. So we've created a haunted forest for next year, since next year, Halloween is on a Friday. Well. So like I, have, I have no fear of Halloween. <laughs> so it yeah, definitely, sound, definitely sounds like yours was, it has to be had on Halloween <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Here's a question I haven't pulled out in a, in a, uh, in a few recordings, but. In a coon's it, age? It, what's that? In a coon's age? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but th th this this one might be interesting given the fact of when this will actually end up being released to get to uh, be able to go back and think on it for, for, for your own self. What kind of goals do you have this year? Uh, I took the, um, I don't know if you saw it, but um, the Jane Franklin 2019 sort of what was excuse me what was uh your goals for the year mm -hmm. and less is more is really my goal for this year um i'm not traveling to as many cons as before i'm not speaking as much uh i took a lot of health tolls uh the first um, you know, four or five years that I was in the community, I caught the con bug and not con crud, but con bug and went, you know, wanted to go to every single conference and make sure that I saw everyone and I did everything and I, I burned out and that was not good. That was not good for me. That was not good for my family. That was not good for the company. And I'm really focusing on the four or five different cons that um, I know I can make the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I know when this will come out, it will come out in May. Um, mm -hmm. Last May, I retired from Recruit DC, which is a recruiting organization that I co-founded 10 years ago. And it's really hard and not many of us know how to do it. Um, I've chatted a little bit with Dave Kennedy about this, about how, you know, you, you build something, it's your passion, it's your adrenaline, it's you bring people together, you make a difference, you exhaust yourself, you know that you've moved the needle some way. And I, uh, Providence came in and told me I needed to retire and I said no I wasn't going to do it and then uh, I was told in 2018 in September that my father was going to die within a month and I needed to get my 
butt out to California and help take care of him. And so I had to call the Recruit DC board and with no warning and say, guys, I've trained you. I've, you know, you're all really very talented. And I had already been training my successor. And I said, I'm sorry, I have to hand it over with absolutely no preamble whatsoever because I'm packing up and, and leaving. And so it's now a year later and it was the best decision I could make, but it's really hard. And I see this happening for so many people in the community that they build these great cons, they build these great events and they don't know how to plan their transition. They don't know how to let go. And I'm, I'm making sure that as I let go, I don't start piling on more stuff. Uh, so I've uh, scheduled more vacation time. Um, I'm not getting any older. I'm not getting any younger. I am getting older. I'm not getting any younger. And there are some things that I never got a chance to do. So I'm going to do them. All right. All right. That sounds like a good plan. I, I, I hope that's exactly how the year goes for you. Um, okay, so question number 10. Oh boy. What would, what would you say is both the best and the worst advice you've ever received? I've been given a lot of bad advice. Um, being a female in this community and in many different communities, I can't tell you how much bucket loads of shit I've been given. Um, as far as what I should do and what I shouldn't do. My father has uh, not necessarily given me advice, but he's been a role model. He's very quiet. He's very introverted. Um, a long, long time ago, he just said patience and persistence. And I have requoted that to so many people and I've made sure my team knows it and I make sure my co-managers know it. And it's interesting because patience is something we rarely see these days. I mean, we want to get somewhere quickly. We want immediate gratification. We feel that we should be rewarded for our good work right away. And I think I enjoy things more when I'm more patient with it and I'm more you know, persistent. Um, there are some things that people are not quite sure about, like, why are, why are you still doing that? I said, because I know that I have to be persistent to get this through. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like that. That's, that, that, that's, a, it's, that's a really good one. That, that, that'll, that'll go in my own book. The, the other one that I created was, it's not the shit you got on your shoe, but how you get it off. There you go. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh, the end of 10 questions right there. Yay. Um, I mean, I, yes, you did. And I, I, uh, I must say, I, I, I tell everybody this, but it's the truth with every single person. I have enjoyed this conversation. So um, have I. And, uh, and goodness, I hope to I hope to be able to run into you and tell you that again in person at some point. 